Every day is filled with choices. You're here because you're choosing to start with a win. Get ready to be inspired, learn something new, and connect with the Win Nation. Coming to you from somewhere in quarantine out here in COVIDville. Yes, we are still not at the office. It's Adam Contos here with Start With a Win. Producer Mark coming to us from the uh, the music center there. What are, you got like a That's keyboard right. and guitars and everything behind you? Brand Viva Bunker. Well, you know, it's a, it's a <laughs> homage to my, my past. That's it. That's it. Yeah, For yeah. those of you that don't know. Mark is an artiste, a musical artiste. That's right. Awesome. Well, hey, I'm, I'm really excited about this show. We have one of our repeat interviewees, guests, and amazing human beings back on the show today. So, uh, Mark, what do you say we dive into this? Let's get to it. Our buddy Ryan Harris with us. How you doing, um, man? What's Ryan? Up, Good to be back, man. Honored to be back. Hey, it's great to see you. For those of you that don't know, and I know all of you know who Ryan is, he's an amazing person, 10-year veteran of the NFL, Super Bowl 50 champion of my favorite team, the Denver Broncos. And uh, since retiring, Ryan travels around and speaks about mindset, financial literacy, and leadership, best-selling author, radio host. We're so glad to have you back, man. How you been? Dude, I've been great. I've been great. It's great to be back. And, uh, you know, I think finally about being in your uh, rooftop office there at Remax and, and just learning from you as well as a leader and love what you've done with Remax and loved watching it since getting to interact with you. Thanks. I, I appreciate that. And I got to tell you, I have quoted you quite a few times since then with I am, I can, I will. That has stuck with me, man. I, you made a dent in my universe by telling us all about that. So thank you for what you did with that. Always happy to help, my friend. That's what I'm here for. Ryan, you've kind of shifted your career focus to financial literacy, which is an incredibly important aspect of society. I, I mean, I can tell you growing up, there wasn't enough financial literacy education for me. I, I had to go out and, and learn it the hard way. You just crash and burn financially, things like that. And you got to figure it out and make your way back. So what made you get into this shift and, and why do you feel this is so important now? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a constant in my life after my second year in the NFL. You know, I'd made $1.2 million, and I started in debt both seasons, $30,000. And I said, you know, this has to change. And I grew up in a household where, you know, you just, debt was, you never paid off debt. I literally didn't know you could pay off debt until after I bought my first house, right? Like, it just, it wasn't a part of the conversation where I was. And then I started seeing in NFL locker rooms that I was in, the amount of money being spent and the amount of players that were broke after. I mean, 78% of NFL football players are bankrupt and either chemically dependent or divorced or all three just two years after playing. So I really wanted to make some changes to build some lasting wealth for myself and my family. And in doing so, and, and the small changes, right? It's not gigantic changes you have to take, but small changes that make a huge difference in ways you could never know and especially in two different parts of my career, pivotal points, it made my financial security based on my financial literacy help me get not only the best contract I could, but play in the best position to continue my career. Awesome. Did you start studying financial literacy in the NFL? Is that kind of yeah. what got this it, whole thing going? And one of my degrees is in economics and policy. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I was doing uh, <laughs> one of my degrees from Notre Dame is in economics and policy, but it was more you know economics of poverty and, and we would do kind of macro things like that. 
But uh, yeah, man, I just started with 500 bucks in a Scott Trade account. Now they're TD Ameritrade. And this guy, Warren B- B- Buffet, uh, you know, he was uh, he was talking about financial literacy. Come to find out it's Warren Buffett, you know, but he was saying, buy what you know. So literally my first five stocks were Apple, Google, Chipotle, Amazon, and Firestone Tires. You know, that's what I started with. And, and I actually forgot about it for a year. And then came back and Apple had gone from 109 to, to 640. And, you know, it's just like, wow, well, this is a really great way to uh, spend my spend my time. And you get the USA Today in every locker room in the NFL. But the one piece that was never touched was the money section. You got all these millionaires in there. No one's reading about money. So I would just read every day about things and, and see the trends and see the products. And, and so, you know, I got jumped on Netflix early you know, jumped on Amazon early and those kinds of plays really, uh, really change you, but it's not just stocks, right, Adam? It's also, what's the difference between price and cost? You know, the price of that new iPhone is a thousand dollars, but the cost of it is all your expenses in the month plus that thousand dollars. Now it's a $4,000 phone. And that's where most people go broke and just the little everyday behaviors that we can really change, understand, delay purchases and make a difference in our lives. I mean, you think about society and, you know, I had mentioned um, I didn't really get much financial literacy training or education or whatever when I was young, when I was growing up and, you know, you start, you start your first job or whatever, you save some money and you're like, oh, hey, I want to buy a car. You know, I want to go out with everybody and then one, one trip to get some pizza or whatever and you're broke again. What do you think would change in society if this became a bigger focus than it is. I mean, how, how would that help? Not just, you know, you look at like the underserved communities and there is, there's no financial literacy training going on. How do you um, help th- those, uh, you know, the folks in the underserved communities as well as just across the general society? I mean, wh- what do you think this could, would do or could do if we actually focused on this more? It would change everything. It would change everything. And that's why I've gotten so much response talking about financial literacy, because it doesn't matter if you're making $10 or $10 million, you probably didn't learn or learn, like you mentioned earlier, through burn, you know, crash and burning the mistakes, but it would change education. This should be taught in schools. Why do I need the quadratic formula when I don't understand compound interest and how I can actually have the leverage and in interest rates, right? Why would, I, why would we teach those two things separately? Uh, it would make our community safer. Right. Because you have more people invested in their communities, investing in homes they bought through Remax and others. Right. You know, so you get to get these opportunities to have ownership and now you're empowered. And also then employers, you know, they have a happier workforce. So you're talking about all kinds of ways. And especially in the social justice awareness we have now. Think about this. I was talking with the police chief of Denver police. And they talked about how there's a kid they had to, they had to arrest. He got caught with three stolen credit cards. They don't they couldn't prove he stole it. But now all of a sudden, because you look at money differently, let's look at this case. This kid got caught at a grocery store buying three hundred eighty dollars worth of groceries at seventeen years old, right? So three hundred eighty bucks on three credit cards of food. Now he's going to jail for two to six years because it's a class two felony. Now it's six hundred dollars to book this young man in the prison system. per year. So I'm not saying you should take and go buy groceries with stolen credit cards, but I'm saying once we understand financial literacy, you can say, I'm not going to pay for a $300, $400 crime 
that didn't injure anybody. And it can change everything that we touch and interact with every day. I, I, I love that part because you know nobody wakes up in the morning and goes, hey, I want to be broke today. It just doesn't happen. But at the same time, you kind of start spiraling into this, this helpless feeling of being uh, or lacking the, the financial literacy. And so that's what you know is, okay, I'm going to end up broke by the end of the day again. I got to go find some way to get some more money. And people, they not only don't have focus on, okay, if I focus on building you know, the compound effect of their finances and, and making investments uh, and deposits into their accounts, things like that, knowing that if you if you serve the community this way, you'll have the ability to put money into savings or yeah. put food on the table for your family, things like that. And then not just that, but look what happens when you start leveraging that over your life. And, and you know, you had mentioned it, um, you know, our friend Warren Buffet. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, that's, that's exactly what that guy talks about. Yeah. By it, what you know. You know, yeah. so, and I get people and, and it also increases market share in so many areas, right? The financial industry, if you have more people with more savings, that's more money for, you know, different types of the financial industry, housing, right? Entertainment, right? And also how about the emotional feeling? That's one of the things that you don't get when you don't save your money is you don't get the, the, the emotional power to be like happy to purchase something. I think about that scene in Wayne's world too. You know, he walks in, and he gets the guitar. Not today, my friend, I'm paying cash, right? Like that <laughs> moment of like, when you do make a purchase, you've been planning for it, saving for it, and you can purchase it with joy. I mean, you take the joy out of your purchases when you're always, you know, in that rat race and it can really change just by a few small things. Wow. So yeah, yeah the, the emotional benefit, the, and we talk a lot about um, emotional health and, and psychological health, things like that. So we know we need to head in that direction. What change can someone make who does not feel like they have savings? Is there, yeah, is there a particular, you talk about these changes that people can make. Shed some light on those for us, please. Yeah, I'll give you three quick ones. One, listen, and nobody tells us this. Saving money will be the hardest thing you'll have to do in your life as an adult. No one tells us that. You know, I got a $450,000 check. I wanted to buy everything. You know what I'm saying? Because I had the money. What I didn't know is there was a, you know, $60,000 tax bill waiting for me in April, you know, and we wouldn't believe Adam, how many times just in the NFL people get caught like that. So just know that saving money is incredibly hard to do. If it's hard for you, good. It's hard for everybody. And, and number two, how about just thinking about delaying your purchases, delay your purchases three months to three years. I had a, stu I had a, uh, a guy who I, I was big on teaching guys how to invest when they're in the NFL. And one of the guys, he's a brand new player. He was in his second year, but he really didn't make money this first year. So he's making $585,000, which at the end of taxes is about, you know, call it three eighty-five, dollars right? And then you've got fees and living. So you're down to about two fifty dollars without getting your parents tickets and eating and doing all that stuff. Uh, so I tell this young man, I'm like, listen, do not go buy a new car. Do not go buy a new car. And he goes and buy a, a brand new Porsche Panamera. That's a $98,000 car. Now, delay your purchases three months to three years. Three months later, my teammate was released, never played in the NFL again. He's got no home, no income, no savings, no investments with a Porsche Panamera going back to Philadelphia without winter tires. It's preventable, right? It's so much of it. It made sense for him in the moment, but he regretted it immediately. And just think about when you have money to purchase something, 
you didn't need it, right? Like if I gave you a million dollars now, Adam, and you went and bought anything, well, you were surviving pretty good before without it. So just delay it. You can probably get a discount on it. You're in the real estate industry. If a house sits for three months, am I getting a discount? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, so all of a sudden my negotiating is better. And if three years, somebody will give you, you know, whether it's a TV or something, you'll get some deals. So just delay your purchases, just practicing that. And we mentioned price versus cost. Don't get caught up on the price of something. Understand your budget, what you need every month to live. And then anything you want to buy, add that value to that price. So now that's the cost of that iPhone, of going out, of that trip. And that's where people get lost. Yeah, that's it's so true. It's, uh, you know, one of the one of the worst things you can do to yourself is is find a windfall and not yeah. be financially illiterate when that happens. I don't remember what the percentage is, but some ridiculously high percentage of people who have nothing, who win the lotto, end up with nothing again yeah. in a very short period of time. Yeah, we don't get taught what to do with money. And, and then also, there are entire businesses that make money off of us not knowing what to do with money, right? Whether it's the payday loans or you know, loan interest rates or an adjustable rate mortgage. I mean, these are all things that that really take uh, take people who don't have financial literacy and, and squeeze them for every penny they got. That's a, that's a good point there because it is easy for people to fall in that trap, but it's harder for them to fall in the trap when they learn about financial literacy. So where can someone learn about financial literacy? Yeah. Well, listening to your podcast, of course, you know what I'm saying? Also, um, just find out whatever interests you, you know, in terms of if you're an artist, what does what financial literacy look like for an artist? Is that renting a studio? Is that tax breaks for a, a studio you create in your house? You know, if, if that whatever your industry is, learn who's wealthy and, and also look around. You know, one of the best things that I've been able to have are some mentors. And it's amazing. Wealthy people don't look rich. I haven't seen Bill Gates in any chains and diamond Rolexes. You know what I'm saying? Jeff Bezos either. You know, Adam, you're missing your chains. Where are they at, man? Because wealthy people don't look rich, but we have this idea that wealth is that fast car, chains, watch, helicopters, and private jets, and wealth is sustained growth over time. So learn, I would, I would advise reading about just Google, you know, Warren Buffett, Buffet, Warren, Warren Buffett, you know, also there's a lot of other actors um, in, the, in the area, uh, as well as myself. So just even searching financial literacy in Google We'll bring up a bunch of different topics. And also, you know, as a real estate agent, real estate agents have an ability too to talk about the tax deductions in a mortgage. You know, when I was looking for a house, I never understood why agents only focused on what I was what I was available to get. How about, hey, you're in a great spot. You're going to be able to deduct this much from your finances every month. And this is a huge purchase for you and your family. We're so excited to be on this journey with you. I mean, which, which real estate agent you want to go with? So it's all this opportunity there. And just search financial literacy, search or, or price out your payments. If you bought a house or a car, write out how many payments you got. See how much more you're paying by not paying that mortgage down early. I love it. Uh, some great tips there. This is really interesting. And, and obviously, learning is part of this process. So you, you really have to be interested in learning and, and applying these things. And I was uh, told long ago, a, a few books to read. First of all, um, you know, Think and Grow Rich is yeah. a good one. Great uh, one. Richest Man in Babylon, another Great good book. one. And then um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, just th- those three 
type in rich in Google and you yeah. end up with all three of those. But uh, but they they have some great financial just philosophy. But ultimately, I mean, the stuff that you talk about and have educated some of your peers on is you know, a little more mechanical, which is fantastic because they, you know, everybody wants to know, okay, what should I do? You know, the, the philosophy you, you've touched on that so well here, but what can I do? And I, I love that you're out educating people on that. Yeah. And, I'd add one book to the, the mind, the millionaire next door. Yes. Fantastic book. And, and also, you know what, just take some money and start investing. I mean, I learned a lot. You know, I felt pretty smart when I, when I knew about, you know, dividends because I had some stocks with dividends, you know, and, and Adam, you know, you and I are around wealthy people. Does anybody ever talk about stock prices and companies all the time? So now you even just by learning, you have a whole language set that puts you in a, in a class of wealth that you haven't been before. And, and like you said, it's also small mechanical things. Yep. That's right. That's awesome. So you talk about lead to win also. Yeah, Which I I love this. You know, give, give us a quick uh, flyover again, real quick of of lead to win. I I just I love the mindset. I love the the uh, the focus and intent on that. Yeah, well, I think you know it's been my experience whether it's speaking to companies, being a part of companies, being in the NFL. Sometimes people get put into leadership roles, or you become a leader, or you get the job you want, and, and it all becomes about you know what kind of leader am I? What type of leader you know should I do? What are the best practices of leaders and and those things are all good right but also why are you leading you know don't become a manager just to be you know just to fly under the radar if you're going to lead lead to win and you do that with the right mindset but most importantly as a leader you've got to lead with an example not by example people lose the context you know in one story the year we won the super bowl you know, we had a teammate who was going to, we weren't going to go to the playoffs, let alone win a Super Bowl if he didn't get his play together. And players would scream at him on the field and coaches would scream at him in meetings and nothing was changing. And so finally, one day I went to him, I said, you know, when I was your age, I started taking copious notes. I took notes on everything I could. And I went from making two mistakes a game to two mistakes a year. And wouldn't you know, the next day he had five pens on his desk in a notebook because I led with an example. That's how you win. Because I've been taking notes next to him for months and he didn't realize it. We have to give examples. People may look at you, Adam, and say, oh, it's always been peachy, right? Well, you're, you've been in some pretty unpeachy situations, but we forget that context. And especially as leaders, to win, you must give an example of a time you had to fight through that's very similar to those who are working with you or underneath you. And then lastly, have fun, man. Do not be a leader who sucks the joy out of life. If you are that leader, I'll tell you right now, you suck. You're an awful leader and everyone around you knows it. If you can't have fun, what are you doing? Even on our radio show, we have Funky Fridays because fun can be celebrated and enjoyed by everybody. But now you know every, every Friday you tune into our show, we're going to give you some great tunes. We're going to laugh and move. We're going to have fun every day, but especially Fridays. And there's so many opportunities like that, whether it's morning meetings to do that. So by having the right mindset to lead to win, leading with an example and having fun, you can lead to win. Man, this is an action-packed podcast here. So <laughs> I love this. This is great. Ryan, we just ate up all the time, man. We're, we're out of time <laughs> oh, already. So oh, we're going to have to have you on the show again. Because yeah, uh, yeah. you know, this is a good conversation. I, I really appreciate it. But Ryan, I know you've answered this before, but everybody wants to know. I, I ask all of our guests here, you've, you've done so much cool stuff. You're helping society so much, uh, your friends and businesses and leaders and things like that. 
Ryan, how do you start your day with a win? Man, that is a great question. I've really found that we can create our day by making an intention. So even this morning, you know, I got three kids, a little tired, but hey, I woke up. I'm happy. I'm alive. I'm going to have a great day with my kids. I'm going to smile. I'm going to laugh. And then try and have a bad day after that. So I always try and smile and choose gratitude right early in the morning to get my uh, soggy bottom out of bed. Smile and choose gratitude. I mean, that's that's a that's a very powerful, very focused effort that that makes a huge difference on everybody that that you come in contact with. So thank you for sharing that, Ryan Harris, Super Bowl Fifty champion, ten year veteran of the NFL, amazing leader, amazing public speaker, radio show host. Uh, I mean, you're doing a lot of great stuff for society. Thank you so much for being on Start with a Win. Thank you, Adam, and thanks for everything you're doing, educating us all. Love your podcast. Love your work, my friend. Thank you so much for listening to Start With a Win. If you'd like to ask Adam a question or potentially be on our next episode, give us a call and leave us a message at 888-581-4430. Don't forget to go on to iTunes and subscribe, write a review, and rate the show. For more great content, head over to startwithawin.com, follow Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and remember, start with a win.